Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. soothsayers. This podcast is a gem, warm and cuddly. I really appreciate it and was so glad to finally find it after looking for someone to read me stories to bed. As an adult, amazing variety of stories. Keep up the delightful work. All my snoozy thanks. And thank you to our dear listener in the UK for writing that review. We are so glad to help you fall asleep. This episode is brought to you by a bread box. Tonight, we'll read about cooking alternatives to wheat from the 1918 pamphlet, Foods That Will Win the War. Although the United States did not have food rationing in World War I as it did in World War II, it did rely heavily on propaganda campaigns at the time to persuade people to curb their food consumption. Through slogans such as Food Will Win the War, Meatless Meals, and Wheatless Wednesdays, the United States Food Administration under Herbert Hoover reduced national consumption by 15%. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Save wheat. 
A slice of bread seems an unimportant thing, yet one good-sized slice of bread weighs an ounce. It contains almost three-fourths of an ounce of flour. If every one of the country's 20 million homes wastes on the average only one such slice of bread a day, the country is throwing away daily over 14 million ounces of flour, over 875,000 pounds, or enough flour for over a million one-pound loaves a day. For a full year at this rate, there would be a waste of over 319 million pounds of flour. One and a half million barrels. Enough flour to make 365 million loaves. As it takes four and one half bushels of wheat to make a barrel of ordinary flour, this waste would represent the flour from over seven million bushels of wheat. Fourteen and nine-tenths bushels of wheat on the average are raised per acre. It would take the product of some 470,000 acres just to provide a single slice of bread to be wasted daily in every home. But someone says, a full slice of bread is not wasted in every home. Very well, make it a daily slice for every four or every 10, or every 30 homes. Make it a weekly or monthly slice in every home, or make the wasted slice thinner. The waste of flour involved is still appalling. These are figures compiled by government experts, and they should give pause to every housekeeper who permits a slice of bread to be wasted in their home. Another source of waste of which few of us take account is homemade bread. 60% of the bread used in America is made in the home. When one stops to consider how much homemade bread is poorly made and represents a large waste of flour, yeast, and fuel, this energy is not so commendable. The bread flour used in the home is also in the main wheat flour, and all waste of wheat at the present time increases the shortage of this most necessary food. Fuel, too, is a serious national problem, and all coal used in either range, gas, or electric oven for the baking of poor bread is an actual national loss. There must be no waste in poor baking or from poor care after the bread is made or from the waste of a crust or crumb. Waste in your kitchen means difficulties in some other kitchen across the sea. Our allies are asking for 450 million bushels of wheat and we are told that even then theirs will be a privation loaf. Crop shortage and unusual demand has left Canada and the United States, which are the largest sources of wheat, with but 300 million bushels available for export. The deficit must be met by reducing consumption on this side the Atlantic. 
This can be done by eliminating waste and by making use of cereals and flours other than wheat in bread making. The wide use of wheat flour for bread making has been due to custom. In Europe, rye and oats form the staple breads of many countries, and in some sections of the South, cornbread is the staff of life. We have only to modify a little our bread-eating habits in order to meet the present need. Other cereals can well be used to eke out the wheat, but they require slightly different handling. In making yeast breads, the essential ingredient is gluten, which is extended by carbon dioxide gas formed by yeast growth. With the exception of rye, grains other than wheat do not contain sufficient gluten for yeast bread, and it is necessary to use a wheat in varying proportions in order to supply the deficient gluten. Even the baker's rye loaf is usually made of one-half rye and one-half wheat. This is the safest proportion for home use in order to secure a good texture. When oatmeal is used, it is necessary to scald the oatmeal to prevent a raw taste. Oatmeal also makes a softer dough than wheat, and it is best to make the loaf smaller and bake it longer, about one hour instead of the 45 minutes which we allow for wheat bread. The addition of one-third barley flour to wheat flour makes a light-colored, good-flavored bread. If a larger proportion than this is used, the loaf has a decided barley flavor. If you like this flavor and increase the proportion of barley, be sure to allow the dough a little longer time to rise, as by increasing the barley, you weaken the gluten content of your loaf. Rice and cornmeal can be added to wheat breads in a 10% proportion. Laboratory tests have shown that any greater proportion than this produces a heavy small loaf. Potato flour or mashed potato can be used to extend the wheat, it being possible to work in almost 50% of potato, but this makes a darker and moister loaf than when we use wheat alone. In order to take care of this moisture, it is best to reserve part of the wheat for the second kneading. Graham and entire wheat flour also affect a savings of wheat because a larger percentage of the wheat berry is used. Graham flour is the whole kernel of wheat, ground. Entire wheat flour is the flour resulting from the grinding of all but the outer layer of wheat. A larger use of these coarser flours will therefore help materially in eking out our scant wheat supply as the percentage of the wheat berry used for bread flour is but 72%. Breads made from these coarser flours also aid digestion and are a valuable addition to the dietary. In order to keep down waste by eliminating the poor batch of bread, it is necessary to understand the principles of bread making. Fermentation is the basic principle of yeast bread, and fermentation is controlled by temperature.
the yeast plant grows at a temperature from 70 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit. And if care is taken to maintain this temperature during the process of fermentation, waste caused by sourdough or over-fermentation will be eliminated. When we control the temperatures, we can also reduce the time necessary for making a loaf of bread or several loaves of bread as may be needed into as short a period as three hours. This is what is known as the quick method. It not only saves time and labor, but controlling the temperature ensures accurate results. The easiest way to control the temperature is to put the bowl containing the dough into another of slightly larger size containing water at a temperature of 90 degrees. The water, of course, should never be hot. Hot water kills the yeast plant. Cold water checks its growth. Cover the bowl and set it in the gas oven or fireless cooker or on the shelf of the coal range. As the water in the large bowl cools off, remove a cupful and add a cupful of hot water. At the end of one and one half hours, the dough should have doubled in bulk. Take it out of the pan and knead it until the large gas bubbles are broken, about 10 minutes. Then place in greased bread pans and allow to rise for another hour. At the end of this time, it will not only fill the pan, but will project out of it. Do not allow the dough to rise too high, for then the bread will have large holes in it. A good proportion as a general rule to follow is three and a half cupfuls of flour. This includes added cereals, one cupful of water or milk, half a tablespoon of shortening, one and a half teaspoon salt, one cake of compressed yeast. In this recipe, sugar has been omitted because of the serious shortage, but after the war, a teaspoon of sugar should be added. The shortening, although small in quantity, may also be omitted. These materials make a loaf of about one pound, which should be baked in 40 to 50 minutes at a temperature of 450 degrees Fahrenheit. Allow a little longer time for bread containing oatmeal or other grains. Such breads require a little longer baking and a little lower temperature than wheat breads. If you do not use a thermometer in testing your oven, place a piece of paper on the center shelf, and if it browns in two minutes, your oven is right. If a longer period for raising is allowed than is suggested in the above recipe, the yeast proportion should be decreased. For overnight bread, use one quarter yeast cake per loaf. For six hour bread, use one half yeast cake per loaf. For three hour bread, use one yeast cake per loaf. In baking, the time allowed should depend on the size of the loaf. When baked at a temperature of 450 degrees, 
large loaves take from 45 to 60 minutes, small loaves from 30 to 40 minutes, rolls from 10 to 20 minutes. It is well to divide the oven time into four parts. During the first quarter, the rising continues. Second quarter, browning begins. The third quarter, browning is finished. The fourth quarter, bread shrinks from the side of the pan. These are always safe tests to follow in your baking. When baked, the bread should be turned out of the pans and allowed to cool on a wire rack. When cool, put the bread in a stone crock or bread box. To prevent staleness, keep the old bread away from the fresh. Scald the bread crock or give your bread box a sun bath at frequent intervals. Even with all possible care to prevent waste, yeast breads will not conserve our wheat supply so well as quick breads, because all yeast breads need a larger percentage of wheat. The home baker can better serve her country by introducing into their menus numerous quick breads that can be made from cornmeal, rye, corn and rye, hominy, and buckwheat. Griddle cakes and waffles can also be made from lentils, soybeans, potatoes, rice, and peas. Do not expect that the use of other cereals in bread making will reduce the cost of your bread. That is not the object. Saving of wheat for war needs is the thing we are striving for, and this is as much an act of loyalty as buying liberty bonds. It is to meet the crucial world need of bread that we are learning to substitute and not to spare the national purse. Besides this saving of wheat, our government also asks us to omit all fat from our yeast breads in order to conserve the diminishing fat supply. This may seem impossible to the woman who has never made bread without shortening, but recent experiments in bread-making laboratories have proved that bread without shortening is just as light and as good in texture as that made with shortening, the only difference being a slight change in flavor. These experiments have also shown that it is possible to supply shortening by the introduction of 3% to 5% of canned coconut or of peanut butter, and that sugar may also be omitted from bread-making recipes. In fact, the war is bringing about manifold interesting experiments which prove that edible and nutritious bread can be made of many things besides the usual white flour. 
the recipes herewith appended, showing the use of combinations of cereals and wheat, have been carefully tested in the forecast school of modern cookery. Good bread can be made from each recipe, and the new flavors obtained by the use of other grains make a pleasing and wholesome variety. A family which has eaten oatmeal or entire wheat bread will never again be satisfied with a diet that includes only bread made from bleached flour. Children especially will be benefited by the change, as the breads made from coarser flours are not only more nutritious, but are rich in the minerals and vitamin elements that are so essential to the growth of strong teeth, bones, and growing tissues. The homemaker, too, will never regret their larger acquaintance with bread-making materials, as the greater variety of breads that they will find able to produce will be a source of pleasure and keen satisfaction. The use of corn. Cornmeal rolls. One cup bread flour. One cup cornmeal. Four teaspoons baking powder. Two tablespoons fat. One egg. One third cup milk. One half teaspoon salt. One tablespoon sugar. Mix and sift dry ingredients and cut in the fat. Beat the egg and add it to the milk. Combine the liquid with the dry ingredients. Shape as Parker House rolls and bake in a hot oven 12 to 15 minutes. Buttermilk or sour milk cornmeal muffins. Two cups cornmeal. One egg. Two tablespoons sugar. Two tablespoons fat. Two cups sour or buttermilk. One teaspoon salt. One teaspoon soda. Dissolve soda in a little cold water. Mix ingredients, adding soda last. Bake in hot oven 20 minutes. Cornmeal griddle cakes. One one-third cups cornmeal. One and a half cups boiling water. Three-fourth cup milk. Two tablespoons fat. One tablespoon molasses. Two-thirds cup flour. One and a half teaspoons salt. Four teaspoons baking powder. Scald meal with boiling water. Add milk, fat, and molasses. Add sifted dry ingredients. Bake on hot griddle. Southern Spoon Bread One cup white cornmeal 
two cups boiling water, one-fourth cup bacon fat or drippings, three teaspoons baking powder, one teaspoon salt, two eggs, three slices bread, half cup cold water, one cup milk, scald cornmeal with boiling water, soak bread in cold water and milk, separate yolks and whites of eggs, beat each until light, mix ingredients in order given, folding in whites of eggs last, bake in buttered dish in hot oven 50 minutes, spoon bread, two cups water, one cup milk, one cup cornmeal, one third cup sweet pepper, one tablespoon fat, two eggs, two teaspoons salt. Mix water and cornmeal and bring to the boiling point and cook five minutes. Beat eggs well and add with other materials to the mush. Beat well and bake in a well-greased pan for 25 minutes in a hot oven. Serve from the same dish with a spoon. Serve with milk or syrup. Indian pudding. Four cups milk. One-third cup cornmeal. One-third cup molasses. One teaspoon salt. One teaspoon ginger. One teaspoon allspice. Cook milk and meal in a double boiler 20 minutes. Add molasses, salt, and ginger. Pour into a greased pudding dish and bake two hours in a slow oven or use fireless cooker. Serve with milk. This makes a good and nourishing dessert. Serves six. The use of rye. War bread. Two cups boiling water. Two tablespoons sugar. One half teaspoon salt. One fourth cup lukewarm water. Two tablespoons fat. Six cups rye flour. One half cups whole wheat flour. One cake yeast. To the boiling water, add the sugar, fat, and salt. When lukewarm, add the yeast which has been dissolved in the lukewarm water. Add the rye and whole wheat flour. Cover and let rise until twice its bulk. Shape into loaves. Let rise until double and bake about 40 minutes in a moderately hot oven.
Ragged Robins, one half cups rye flour, one cup bread flour, one half teaspoon salt, one and one third cups milk, two and a half teaspoons cream of tartar, four tablespoons fat, one and one fourth teaspoons soda. Sift dry ingredients. Cut in the fat. Add liquid and drop by spoonfuls on greased baking sheet. Bake in a hot oven 12 to 15 minutes. These may be rolled and cut same as baking powder biscuits. The use of oats. Cooked oatmeal bread. Three cups thick cooked oatmeal. Two tablespoons fat. One and a half tablespoons salt. Three tablespoons molasses. One and a half cakes yeast. Three fourth cup lukewarm water. About five cups flour. To oatmeal, add the sugar, salt, and fat. Mix the yeast cake with the lukewarm water. Add it to the other materials and stir in the flour until the dough will not stick to the sides of the bowl. Knead until elastic 10 to 15 minutes. Moisten the top of the dough with a little water to prevent a hard crust forming and set to rise in a warm place. When double its bulk, knead again for a few minutes. Shape into loaves and put into greased pans. Let rise double in bulk and bake in a moderate oven for about 50 minutes. Oatmeal bread, two cups rolled oats, two cups boiling water, one third cup molasses, one yeast cake, three-fourth cup lukewarm water, one tablespoon salt, two tablespoons fat melted, about six cups bread flour, Scald the rolled oats 
with the boiling water and let stand until cool. Dissolve the yeast in the lukewarm water and add to the first mixture when cool. Add the molasses, salt, and melted fat. Stir in enough bread flour to knead. Turn on a floured board. Knead lightly. Return to bowl and let rise until double in bulk. Knead and shape in line.